WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Her son was shot in Berkeley Hall at Michigan State University, and yesterday Krista Grettenberger pleaded with Michigan lawmakers to approve gun reform legislation. Speaking to the State House Judiciary Committee, Grettenberger said she heard about the mass shooting from her son, Troy Forbush, who called her after he was shot in the chest. She described driving to campus and running to Berkeley Hall, where she saw her son being loaded into an ambulance. Grettenberger said it's unclear if anything could have prevented the shooting, but it may have. Do not let anything stand in the way of our safety. You could save your own child's life. You could save your grandchild's life. You have all of our lives in your hands, including yourself. After hearing the testimony, the Judiciary Committee approved legislation that requires a license or background check for anyone buying a gun. It's unclear when the full House will vote on the package of bills. Berrien County's Broadband Committee has met with local government leaders and representatives of Internet service providers seeking to expand high-speed Internet access. Berrien County Commissioner Terry Freeling told colleagues this morning BC BIT met last week for an update on applications for state Robin grants to expand broadband. Members got some good news. We do know that there's at least two internet providers that will be submitting applications for Berrien County, and both of them will cover between 70 to 80 percent of the unserved homes within the county. So we're gathering letters of support. Freeling said other preparations are being made. We're going to be talking with the Road Department, the Drain Commission. I think those are the two main ones that would relate to construction costs is putting in utilities for broadband. Of course, everything depends on the ISPs receiving the Robin grants that they're seeking. The state Robin program is a pot of $250 million available to ISPs to expand broadband access in underserved areas. Freeling said the deadline for them to apply is less than a week away. Meanwhile, State Representative Pauline Wenzel has introduced legislation intended to make it easier for Internet service providers to expand broadband in unserved areas. She tells us her bills would exempt property taxes from broadband equipment, meaning saving money for the companies. Which for a lot of these smaller companies is a really big deal and a big incentive to come to Michigan and continue expanding because we are behind. Wenzel says she's long heard about the need for better internet access around Berrien and Van Buren counties. Some of the first questions that realtors tell me they get when selling houses is, what is the internet like here? We know our students need it and a lot of people are working from home. I experience it myself at my house. My internet is very lacking and makes my job actually very difficult at times. House Bills 4207 and 4208 aim to prompt investors to upgrade their equipment and expand services to areas that currently can't receive high-speed Internet. Wenzel says she's proud of the work local governments have been doing to improve access, and her legislation is another piece of the puzzle. Berrien County officials have brought in a consultant to help resolve the ongoing overcrowding at the Berrien County Animal Control Shelter. Part of the problem is caused by dogs lodged to the shelter as a result of pending court cases against their owners. We've reported such animals are up to a third of the dogs in the shelter, and they sometimes stay there for as long as six months. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette told commissioners this morning some progress is being made. We uh, contracted with Outcomes for Animals. That consultant is putting together a pretty extensive report with recommendations on proposed improvements. One of the key points that uh, she's really pushed is the length of stay. The average animal is staying with us just being way too long. Desette said in most places, the longest the dog will stay at a local shelter as a result of a court case is two weeks. He and the consultant are looking at making that the case here in Berrien County. 
Michigan Humane is in contact with the prosecutor, the sheriff, and others to develop a more efficient system. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has appointed a new chief public defender. Scott R. Sanford was hired for the role vacated by former defender Paul Jancha when he left to become a judge. In his new role, Sanford directs operations of the Berrien County Public Defender's Office, which provides legal representation and social services for residents facing criminal charges. He supervises a 25-member staff and oversees the private attorneys who handle the cases for the office. Sanford is also responsible for managing indigent defense. Sanford has 33 years of legal experience and started working with the county in 1994 doing contract work. He joined the public defender's office in 2016 as an assistant public defender. He told commissioners this morning he looks forward to doing the best he can. A new app has been launched by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to help prevent drug overdoses. Angie Smith-Butterwick is a substance abuse manager for the department who tells us the Opie Rescue app helps anyone, including first responders, prevent opioid misuse and reduce opioid overdose deaths by addressing education, prevention, and tracking of overdose reversals. At any given point in the state, you can open it up and it will populate all the treatment providers around you. In the resources list, there's additional treatment provider information as well as locations where you can get naloxone that are outside of the pharmacy-based dispersal. And there's information within the app on how to perform a rescue. Butterwick says those who have a loved one with an opioid addiction could have the app to be prepared. It'll guide them to local treatment resources and also help them get free naloxone, the anti-overdose nasal spray. Opie Rescue is now available on both Android and iOS. And a proposed commercial chicken farm near Sister Lakes has ruffled the feathers of some community members. Dozens of residents flocked to the Silver Creek Township Hall on Wednesday to express frustrations about a proposal to bring in 45,000 chickens, four poultry barns, and two manure storage structures to the property in Dwajak. The standing-room-only crowd of residents passionately expressed their opposition with concerns from the potential smell to health hazards and environmental damage. I haven't slept in three days over this. This is a big deal. What are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? Why do I have to raise my kid when there's poultry bloom in the air? Ammonia. Ammonia turns to what when it hits the air? Nitrates, right? Which gets into the water. How long will it take to get into my water? We drink that water. How long do we wait before we've been drinking water that's poisoned? What's our recourse after that? Who's going to test my water? Who's going to monitor the air on my property? I'm not paying for it. I shouldn't have to. The site of the proposed farm is less than two miles from the residential neighborhoods on Dewey Lake and Magician Lake and less than five miles from the entire Sister Lakes community. It's also a popular vacation spot in the summer. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden has released his budget in Philadelphia. White House Press Secretary called it part of the president's plan to ensure American financial success. More from ABC's Karen Travers. In the budget plan he's releasing today, President Biden proposes significant new social spending programs, including establishing a national paid family leave program and once again expanding the child tax credit as high as $3,600. White House Budget Director Shalonda Young said Thursday the budget is built on four key values, lowering costs for families, protecting and strengthening Social Security and Medicare, investing in America and reducing the deficit. In order to pay for his program, the president's proposing a 25% minimum tax on billionaires, reversing the 2017 Trump corporate tax cut, and reversing the 2017 Trump tax cut on the wealthiest Americans. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. President Biden's new budget proposal aims to increase taxes on the wealthy and steer more money to popular programs like Medicare. 
Overall, the spending blueprint that comes out today anticipates another $5.5 trillion in revenue over the next 10 years, plus $2.6 trillion in new spending. So that means an estimated $2.9 trillion reduction of the deficit. The proposal has no chance of becoming law now that Republicans are in charge of the House. But the budget plan will serve as a political talking point for a president preparing to run for re-election and trying to draw contrast with the opposition party. Lawmakers have been wishing Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell well after he took a fall last night. More if maybe he's Justin Finch. A spokesman for Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell says he will remain in the hospital for treatment of a concussion after tripping and falling at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Washington, D.C. Wednesday night. Well, wishes from both sides of the Senate coming in from Democrat Dick Durbin and Republican Josh Hawley. We are subject to the same challenges most families face. I wish him the very best and hope he's right back at work later today. McConnell's office says he will stay in the hospital for a few more days for treatment and observation. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. A letter claiming to be from the Mexican drug cartel blamed for abducting four Americans and killing two of them condemns the violence and says the gang turned its own members who were responsible over to the authorities. In a letter obtained by the Associated Press, Through a state law enforcement source in Mexico, the Scorpions faction of the Gulf Cartel apologized to the residents of Matamoros, where the Americans were kidnapped, as well as to the Mexican woman who died in the cartel shootout and the four Americans and their families. Drug cartels have been known to issue letters to intimidate rivals and authorities, but also at times like these to do some public relations work, trying to smooth over situations that could affect their business. The Senate Environment and Public Works Committee is gaveled in its hearing on the East Palestine train derailment with the CEO of Norfolk Southern in the hot seat. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw telling the Senate panel the company is spending millions to help East Palestine, Ohio. Norfolk Southern will get the job done. Ohio Senators J.D. Vance and Sherrod Brown promising to hold Norfolk Southern accountable through legislation. Referencing last year's averted rail labor strike, Vance calling out the industry. You cannot ask the government to bail you out and then resist basic public safety. Brown saying Norfolk Southern put profits over people. The consequences for places like East Palestine be damned. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Another powerful atmospheric river is heading into California, and after a record-breaking few weeks of rain and snow, Californians are preparing, says ABC's Alex Stone. As all of the rain and snow dramatically chip away at the drought, which has disappeared in some areas of California, according to new federal data, work is underway to get ready for a new round. This storm, which will be warm, is causing worry. The rain will melt incredible amounts of snow on the ground. Chris Krasanich lives along the Merced River. He was rescued out of his home the last time the river rose. Just not again. Just not again. I don't want to go through this again. And so they're getting ready. We're going to go fill sandbags and pray that it doesn't come through the doors again. The heaviest rain is expected overnight through Friday. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. Americans who came of age during the pandemic are skipping college in big numbers. Many have shunned traditional college paths, instead turning to hourly jobs or careers that don't require a degree. Still, others feel locked out, deterred by high tuition and the prospect of student debt. Colleges nationwide saw undergraduate enrollments drop 8% from 2019 to 2022, which continued declines even after the return to in-person classes. That's according to data from the National Student Clearinghouse. Economists say the impact could be dire. Fewer college graduates could worsen labor shortages in fields from healthcare and engineering to information technology. And an Israeli star of the theater and silver screen, Haim Topol, has died at the age of 87. He's perhaps best known as playing the simple Jewish-Russian milkman in The Fiddler on the Roof. 
1971 adaptation of the musical captured the hearts of audiences around the world, becoming a universal story on how 20th century modern life and politics took a toll on the nuclear family. ABC's Jordana Miller has more from Jerusalem. Israelis mourning the passing of 87-year-old actor Chaim Topol, or as the world knew him, Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof. Topol's enormous talent taking him from humble roots on a kibbutz to Hollywood, where he starred alongside Kirk Douglas and Roger Moore. He won two Golden Globes, several Oscar nods, and his country's highest honor, the Israel Prize. But it was the role of Tevia that endeared fans for decades. The Jewish milkman struggling to hold on to his family's traditional lifestyle with love and humor and pain as the winds of political change in Russia pull it apart. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.